0: Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres
1: y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans.
2: Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 112. How are you guys doing? Yay, 112! Every time the uh, number gets. <laughs> higher and higher I get
1: so excited I'm like I can't believe we've been doing this for that long and that we've been consistent and that we actually reached a hundred and we didn't even do anything too exciting for a hundred because we were this is not quarantine anymore but we're still doing zoom so yeah Mm -hmm. exactly
0: uh, it's self quarantine. We got a
1: yes. We had we yeah. couldn't celebrate with some yummy bok choy and orange chicken and <laughs> ice cream like we used to do after we would go record in Burbank. Oh
2: God! Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like I a million it. years ago. Yeah, I know. I
1: truly do.
0: But I'm a, uh, I'm a, i am i am I got my vaccine and you no know, like super serious side effect. I'm like just really tired and a little sore. Mm-hmm. uh and then but since i got it at rite aid they automatically scheduled my second dose appointment too um, uh so i don't have to like hunt down yeah. an appointment or anything they just did it for me which is really nice yeah because nice. i have a few i have a few who i know a few people who said like yeah no i have to like schedule it uh oh. in a different manner and i'm just like sucks for you
1: since you got it at Rite Aid did they give you a little coupon for a free ice cream? they didn't oh man Eddie did his at Rite Aid too and he got a free coupon I'm like I cannot wait because I think I mentioned I'm doing Whole30 this month I Mm. already have all the foods that I am going to indulge (laughs) with (laughs) when I'm done and that coupon that he got for getting his uh, vaccine is hanging on the kitchen um the refrigerator and i see it when i go into the kitchen every time <laughs> i just i can taste that mint chip ice cream like not even kidding so i can't wait but you should go back and complain i want my ice cream
0: <laughs> maybe or maybe they'll give it to me on my second dose Who oh knows? maybe
2: yeah Cross, fingers crossed yeah definitely oh my god that sounds exciting ice cream one <laughs> thing i one thing i, I miss about uh what is that town you're from, Kristen? Hanford. Hanford is the ice cream. Yes. Every time I see people with ice cream, I'm like, it doesn't taste like Hanford. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Superior
1: no. dairy ice cream.
2: Oh, yeah. And yes. there is a line always to get in, and it's definitely worth the wait for sure. Yeah. So, um, very exciting, guys. Um, any news uh, down the grapevine for you guys? Anything happening? Any news? Uh, Chris is like
1: I just want to eat I know I, I, that's all I can think about
0: I, <laughs> I it looks like I am definitely going to be moving to San Jose oh nice oh yay yeah that's because awesome. I turned in my UCLA and my Cam- and my partial El Camino transcript and they're like yeah you're good and I'm like okay cool thank you for not rejecting me once you saw my UCLA transcript <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, well, so awesome.
1: congratulations yeah congratulations
2: that's so awesome. I just need to
0: pass the classes that I'm taking right now and I'm good to go I will be I will need to find an apartment actually we me and Jay have been looking for apartments and we have found one oh,
1: he's moving looks,
0: too uh yeah actually because I had made the mention about like oh I'm going to be moving to San Jose most likely and then he was just all like, then he, he, he told me like, if you like, if you need a roommate, I will go. And I was just like, well, yes, I'm going to need a roommate because I can't afford to live there on my fucking own. And it's like, and I, and then we like, we like talked about it, and he was like, yeah, no, I'm serious. I like, I want to move out from where I live. And then, and I was just like, no, I get that, I get that. So we're most likely gonna move in together to a place.
1: So interesting i feel like the third member of your friend group is gonna feel very sad
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i told him that i'm probably gonna be moving to san jose i don't know if he's aware that jay's
1: gonna be moving too yeah it's oh that's gonna be a that's gonna be a gut punch i think oh i'm sad already
2: oh Oh. but great news on them accepting your transcripts that's amazing it's like, yep. I know what's happening, but just hearing it, it just, it's still, it's still surprising to me and I'm really happy for you. And I yeah. hope to see at least some pictures of where you are and how beautiful it is over <laughs> there because I've never been. So that'd be super cool to see. We have to go so that we can do a, um,
1: after dark tour of the Winchester mystery house. Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> Hell so we have yeah. a friend
0: who lives there and she was just like, she, I told her about like moving she's just like, oh my God, yes, like we can, she, she mentioned about doing like a ghost tour or something uh, in San Jose, but she said like, not the Winchester house. Like she said, that's so touristy and boring. It and is I
1: just, touristy. I don't find it boring at all. But yeah. it is touristy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, I'm down to go do the touristy stuff. But also, like, if we can find, like, an abandoned graveyard or something, that'd be really Yes. Cool oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I love graveyards.
0: Just, I will, we will reenact iconic BuzzFeed uh, unsolved moments. Like, <laughs> so going into the middle of a demon possessed place and saying, what's up, demons? It's me, your boy.
2: but it looks really nice I just googled it and it looks really amazing I saw that what was a movie about it I found it really interesting and I'd love to go I I love architecture so it'd be something that I'm definitely interested in seeing so okay let's plan it yay I'm so excited I used to go to San Jose a lot when I was going to school in Davis because
1: um, we would go to San Jose Sharks games Uh, So we would uh, travel together in a big group to San Jose to go see hockey. So um, I used to be a huge Sharks fan before I moved here to Los Angeles. And so now you're a Kings fan. (laughs) Yes, now I'm a Kings Mm -hmm. fan. (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: I've been to San Francisco a few times. Uh, I've only been to San Jose like once or twice, Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say. But I wouldn't like. Mostly, I'm just I'm going there for college and stuff like that. But I did. I do like the vibe of the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, as well, I know the prices are very much still like LA prices for uh cost of living. But, <laughs> but uh, I know for sure that the vibe is different, very different yeah. from Los Angeles. It is. Um, um. So I can't wait to see it, and I can't wait to see if I if I can.
1: It's find very for myself. exciting um, <laughs> for me to live vicariously through a 20 something year old who has her <laughs> life uh, in front of her and is getting ready to just experience it uh, and all these new cool things. So I'm very happy for you.
0: Thank you.
2: absolutely and like i said i want to live vicariously to you too so (laughs) so send pics (laughs) oh Oh my god how how far away is how how much travel time between san jose and san francisco it's like an hour yeah it's not that far oh right yeah it's not that
0: far like it's it's pretty it's pretty close i i would say it's the distance between like los angeles and freaking glendale
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah, that's what I would compare it to. Well, I am now really, really excited (laughs) because I could go and sleep on your floor or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already inviting myself. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, what time is it? Kristen, I'm so excited for this. Es la hora de la cervecita. cervecita.
1: And I'm also excited for it because this can is freaking beautiful. The art on this it can is. is so pretty. Um it is just a it's a black background can, um matte black and like a a very shimmery gold um lettering yes. and then just a group of women who are naked and dancing around. They look like little nymphs, imps. Imps? Nymphs. 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 (laughs) And they're just it the flowers are pretty. They're all strategically placed. And they're just it's just it caught my eye when you brought it over. Um and the the beer is from Crowns and Hops Brewing Company. And um it's a BPLB artist series called Black Joy. So I'm really excited. I know Sarah, you have more information about the beer.
2: Yes, it's their um, it's their black people love beers uh, uh, their what is it called their flagship beer? Oh, uh-huh. but they're releasing it in the, well March we're now in April but they released it in March the this is the first can release of their artist series is uh, uh and it is a artist that is based out of Brooklyn New York and uh the design was by artist uh Kiki Kitty Dahl she's the founder and creative director of K Milele. K Milele is a luxury resort brand inspired by the art of life, based again, I like I said, out of B- Brooklyn, New York. And um, this is this series is gonna sh- is showcasing creatives of color with uh, the flagship Hazy IPA, um, uh, for the Women's History Months. And this was the first one, and I haven't seen the second one if they released it yet, but um the can art was amazing. And if you go on the K Mileley uh at Kami Lele in Instagram or the uh, KamiLele.com you can see that she has this design on uh, sweatshirts t-shirts and she has some matching leggings oh wow and and I'm just like I loved it but uh, it's luxury wear so it's way above my price range yeah but it is phenomenally beautiful and it's a black owned um business so it's just like really extraordinary it's just got that like pow um to it and so um the beer itself is um it's a golden it's a hazy golden with el dorado and citra hops the aroma is tropical Stone fruit, sweet candy-like aroma, cherry and mango. The flavor mm. is stone fruit, pineapple and citrus. The mouthfeel is full-bodied, medium bitterness, and soft. The ABV is six point five percent. And if you could take a look at it, it's re- it looks like juice. It's really oh wow, just beautiful. It um, is hazy AF. yes I haven't opened mine yet. And, and um, um when you guys check out uh, Henry Barajas on Las Platicas, that will be, be posted in a couple of days on our YouTube channel. But I had this beer while we were interviewing him for Las Platicas, and I had already distributed the um, the beer cans to the ladies, and I was down to my my can to for the review for today. But I said, you know what? It's so good that I am going to purchase another four pack. And oh no, full head of a lot. That's a lot of head. Oh, I know no. it just spilled over.
1: <laughs> Big I need, uh, I need
2: to get a napkin or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically it's the flagship Black Lives Uh Black People Love Beer. Um, um beer with a new can art for Uh, Women's History Month in March, and this is the first of its series. So uh, I'm going to take a sip, but but I already know how it tastes, but I just love sipping on it. (laughs) I'm sad that all of that spilled over. Oh, my God. It smells
1: so good. I haven't
2: tasted it yet, but it smells good. It smells very tropical. Yes. And so, uh, Kristen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to save you a can oh, wow. for when you get off your your 30s <laughs> so you could have a full yes. can and experience the full experience of this beer. Thank you. Yes. And it's so exciting because they pretty much like Ooh. do a great honor to women. Like the artwork, the beer. I mean, sometimes when you have great can art, you're like thinking if they spent this much time on can art, the beer inside it must be up to par it must represent that beautiful yeah. can art and this is definitely one of those instances definitely like i said i purchased another four pack and if i can i may purchase another four pack if they have it available i got this at uh caps and corks corks in torrents <laughs> uh-huh and um oh i have a story about that so when I first went into that shop, I was like, do you guys have any Crowns and Hops? And they're like, are they local? And I said, yeah, they're from Inglewood." And um, yeah, you should definitely contact them. So I tagged them um, on one of the posts of Crowns and Hops. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a little communication. They're like, yeah, you know, just contact Stone Distributing or something like that. And, um, and I, after that, I didn't hear anything else. And then when I went back to Caps and Corp, corks i um i took the liberty of taking the one um black queen i believe it was the one that was uh, distributed by whole foods oh yeah I, I took a can over to them and i said this is crowns and hops you're gonna love this beer you're gonna want to have you're gonna want to carry it in your shop a month went by and i i was like okay maybe i was too forward maybe i was too anxious about it. I up, you know like maybe i you know i was overstepping or whatever yeah and then like a month or two later they were carrying crowns and hops so I was like did I do that I think, <laughs> I, did that. I, think I made a connection I'm, just, I, I, I'm gonna say you did do that I was so proud of myself that I made a little video I'll post it later on our Instagram but they have miles to Italy they had um, this one uh, the black joy one and they had another one um, I think I can't remember the name of it but it's a, a man that's singing. Uh, I forgot what the name of it was. But anyway, I got oh, and I got this coconut stat one that honestly Ooh, I coconut I looked at Stout. I looked at it and I was like, uh I don't think so. But then I just purchased it last week. I mean, no, this weekend. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> but um I digress. Uh, all, all their other <laughs> beers were just really amazing. They're just oh th- their product is really quite extraordinary, and I'm super happy. That I'm able to go to a place that I frequent and find their beer there. So yeah, yeah. So they have my money. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, nice. that's my little story on uh, crowns and hops being at caps and corks. Oh, I did it! I made it! I did it! <laughs> <laughs> I just had to be a little buzzed. Anyway, so what do you guys think of beer? I like it a lot.
1: It is so flavorful, so tasty. Mm-hmm. It's very fruity and tropical. Um, Mm -hmm. the mouthfeel is very light and full at the same time, which is blowing my mind and the hoppy aftertaste. There is an, there is an aftertaste, but it's not overpowering. It's not, it's not like completely negating the flavor of the beer. Um, I really enjoy it a lot
0: yeah it's uh, it reminds me of like pineapple juice. it's really flavorful super tropical super fruity without being like super sweet it uh, I think it goes down really smoothly uh, and it's really refreshing so I enjoy it. I can see why you have made your way through a couple of packs a couple of cans <laughs> yeah. of it Sarah.
2: Oh absolutely um if uh, if I go back and see this beer, I think it'll be like the fourth time I purchased the beer uh, in the four packs. Wow! But, I can't uh,
1: wait till we actually all get to go to Crowns and Hops in person. Oh we gotta hurry God, yeah. before Jen leaves. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> oh, We have to. It'll be like mm-hmm. a, our, little, our little trek. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited. In, uh oh, it just like you guys said, and I mean I can't, I can't say enough. Like just for those of you guys out there, I purchased. uh, Three packs of three, four packs of this already, because that's how much I freaking love it. Um, and the ladies covered all the bases. It's it's fruity, tropical, light, summery, refreshing. Um, The mouth feels great. Uh, There's not much bitterness aftertaste. It's just great. So are you guys ready? Uh, What is our rating scales, uh, Kristen? Yeah, well, and also
1: I just wanted to remind everybody that Crowns and Hops is a black owned brewery located, like uh, Sarah said, here in Inglewood. And it is a couple who own it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the woman is very active in the business. And I definitely uh, am happy that this is their flagship beer because that means that if you're listening to it and you want to try it, it's not going to be just seasonal. It's not going to be limited. You'll be able to find it. You might not be able to find it with this awesome art on it because that was a limited uh, release, but the beer itself is um, going to always be on tap or available because it's one of their flagship beer so that makes me super happy um but yes so for our listeners who may not be aware we have a five point rating system for our beers where um the one is flaccid the two is initial three is partial four is full and five is rigid and i um will go ahead and start and i'm gonna give it Five. I'm gonna give it a rigid. I really like this beer a lot and I'm sad that I only drank two ounces of it. <laughs> I really want to drink more and I want to eat it with a big old greasy pizza.
2: <laughs> oh my god. I totally can see that happening, especially that pizza from the crest. Oh girl. Oh, yeah. I, think, I guess I'm getting hungry because that just hit me like, whew, <laughs> like I could smell the pizza. Yeah. this is That Sarah. was some,
0: a very intense auditor-
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> auditory description, Kristen. <laughs> um, I, this is Sarah. And like I said, I purchased these uh, cans in four packs like three or four times already. And I'm going to go purchase another four pack if I find it. Uh, so uh, needless to say, I'm going to go Super Saiyan on this. Oh yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. That is very impressive. An impressive rating. Um this is Jen, and I think I'm gonna go with a full. I really I like it. I really do. I enjoy it a lot. Uh it's very flavorful, it's very tasty. But I I guess I don't go fully rigid or super sane for something unless it's really surprising to me. Like it hits me with just like like uh and maybe it's maybe if you hadn't told us about how much you liked it before sarah it would have (laughs) taken me by surprise the fact that i would have liked it but as is i'm gonna give it a full i think it's really good i think it's worth uh, the effort to go buy it and to go drink it um um, it's a very tasty beer uh and i'm glad that it's that it was created by such a such a great brewery as well so i'm gonna go with a full
1: that's pretty good Four out of five, a five out of five, and a six out of five for this beer.
2: All right, guys, it's now time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, danos el chisme. Okay, so this chisme
1: is also going to be a little bit of a spoiler. So if you have not watched Falcon and Winter Soldier episode five... <laughs> Jenna's which, like closing your ears, which came out a couple of days ago. It will be a little bit of a spoiler for you. Um, but I think I have I, an idea. I saw I'm sharing it, um, because of the implications that it has moving forward. So, um, in this particular episode, there has been um, an introduction to a new character. New character, obviously, to this series, but not new to Marvel. Um, Julia Louise Dreyfus mm-hmm. um, ha- showed up in this last episode, and she is playing Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. Now, that is a long-ass name, and I feel like I remember seeing it in the many books that I've read over the last years, but I don't really know much about her. But apparently the chisme is that she is most likely going to reappear and be um, uh, like a, a big deal uh, in the upcoming secret invasion uh TV show, which I had no idea was even happening either. That was cheese to me too because I had no idea. <laughs> um, I just knew Loki was the last thing that I knew that was on mm-hmm. the the uh, list of releases. So um, I don't even actually. I've seen Secret Invasion trades. I've seen Secret Invasion tie ins. I don't even know what Secret Invasion <laughs> is. Who's invading? <laughs> What's the secret? <laughs> like I think so it's in- scroll related or something.
0: It is scroll related. And in Secret Invasion, in the comic books, this was like, because in, in this is where things take a major turn. In the comics, and they might still do it for the movie verse, I, I don't know, but the scrolls are kind of like bad guys. Right. Um. Uh, but the secret invasion is that they were planning to infiltrate and like overtake and like enslave humanity, and they were going to be like the new people to like take over or planet Earth or whatever because that's just the thing the scrolls do. Yeah. Um. um Whereas in the MCU uh, movies, they're more of a refugee status mm-hmm. kind of like they're displaced. They want a home and stuff like that, and um uh, and that is kind of the angle that we've seen on them, which I really like. I really, really do enjoy this um, um this new perspective of the scrolls that we have.
2: That was um, in the um, Captain
0: Marvel movie, right? Yeah, that was in the Captain Marvel yeah. movie. So, uh, Secret Invasion. Well, that was the plot of it. It was the scrolls kind of like secretly infiltrating the superheroes and, uh, and basically like the human race and like posing as them and trying to take over, uh, the world kind of thing, like that. Uh, so I don't know how Secret Invasion is gonna come out. Uh, in the MCU, is I honestly thought they were gonna do a movie, not a TV show about it. Might it might
1: be a movie, actually. I I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. So
0: I mean, it could be because uh, Disney Plus and the weird state of Hollywood is in, they might yeah. they might be doing Disney Plus extended version of it. Um, uh, we'll see. But it is a, it was a major event that changed a lot. Uh, in the comics book universe, so it's going to be like I think their next big summer event. Uh, thing for for Marvel. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And
2: well,
1: the Contessa. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Uh, I was going to say, the name Contessa sounds familiar. I cannot, for the life of me, say where it is that I've read about her. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So she's actually been around for quite some time. She debuted in 1967's Strange Tales 159. And she actually started as a S.H.I.E.L.D. operative. And get this, recurring love interest for Nick Fury. What? What? I think oh. probably the white Nick theory. <laughs> he yes. was white back then. <laughs> she led a group known as Femme Force. Um, which I gotta tell you, Fem Force, Femme Force, F-E-M-M-E-Force. I picture them all in leather with whips, not gonna lie. So
0: um, sorry, there's an there's already a different group that is the Dommy Mommy scene in Marvel.
1: Who's that? Mommy, <laughs> that's funny.
0: <laughs> um, they're they're um a Cree force. They um, a, oh God, I forget what their what their names are, but they're like they're a force for they're a force for the for the Cree, uh, that just like go and hunt down rogues and stuff like that. Got it.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're uh, all dressed in
0: black leather with whips.
1: So then it says um. That was her history in 67 going forward. But then in 2009, the Secret Warriors comic series revealed a, quote unquote, ugly truth about her. She was a double agent for the Soviet organization Leviathan. And so after her defection, uh, she entrenches herself with Hydra um, and even becomes a leader of the group with uh, the title Madam Hydra. So that might be where I remember her from. Remember that name from? Yes. So um, it says that um, she was originally reported to debut in Black Widow, but obviously Black Widow has gone through some ups and downs with its release because of the timing of it. But um, it says, given the character's background, the project that makes the most sense for her to play a larger role is Secret Invasion. So that is Cheeseman, uh, and the fact that the upcoming series will star Samuel L. Jackson um, as Nick Fury and Ben. Oh, see, it says series, upcoming series. So Secret Invasion looks like it'll be a series, and Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Maybe there'll be some love interest there. Who knows? But um, I definitely love julia louise dreyfus as an actress i think she's super amazing and um, i was surprised when i saw her walk onto the screen Me i'm like too. what's going on um so i'm excited to see where this title ty- where this character uh takes us and i'm loving falcon and winter soldier and i'm so sad there's only one episode left
2: oh my god i know Thanks, it's so good it's so good oh my Honestly. god the- I know the episode right before this last one that aired on Friday. What? Oh, my. I still Frank is like, can we watch it in Spanish? Because it's so good. Like, I want to know what's going on. Like, (laughs) I I think we watched it like three times. Oh, wow. And the memes out there are just so amazing. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big fan of the series. I mean, it's. A completely different from WandaVision and I hope Loki is also different so like yeah. but it's they're just so great they're doing a really great job with these shows they really mm-hmm. are
0: not only that I think uh Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are like friends outside of um uh, like film casting and everything and they like became friends because of like Captain America Winter Soldier and stuff like that um uh, but they're like they're really funny together. Any of their interviews, they're super charismatic. They're super friendly, <laughs> and they're like they they do they do um uh, they they work well together basically. So yeah, and, and they can play off much, of each
1: other very well. Oh yeah, they
0: do, and they you can see definitely see that playing out in um uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I still I'm still not caught up so we'll see (laughs) Uh, but I don't mind like um a lot of the stuff that has come out is stuff that is basically like oh it was kind of like a matter of time that was going to be shown this sometimes I wish I didn't know comic books because then I could be surprised by stuff yeah yeah (laughs) Uh because like uh, like when Winter Soldier came out I knew who the Winter Soldier was because if you know comic books you know but there's people in the movie theaters who did not know who it was and they were genuinely surprised and I uh, saw them be genuinely surprised and I wish yeah. and I wish I could have like felt that but so I was just like no you're a fucking nerdy try hard so you know
2: <laughs> try hard <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that's the first time I've ever
1: heard that try hard
2: <laughs> i'm just happy
1: to be watching these series because um they were announced so long ago and the oh, pandemic God, yes. just put yeah. everything off and wandavision just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed and then once it came out it just really opened the gates for everything else to start coming and i just hope that they're able to stay on that schedule
2: oh yeah totally 100 agreed yeah! All right, guys, it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, before we start with our review, I just have to say
1: I'm really digging myself um, on on uh, my little square here. In and I I didn't wash my hair today. I didn't do anything, but I look super cute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I meant to say something because your your face looks really, really, really like smooth. And I uh-huh. thought, I thought it was because you were exfoliating, but the- and now I'm thinking it's your 30-day, cha- what is it, 30-day challenge? Maybe. Like that, the, all the actually, impurities are coming out of, yeah. I don't know. Like, oh,
1: I, I'm going to hold on to that very tightly, Sarah, so that I don't go <laughs> eat all the things
2: I'm craving to eat. <laughs> no, seriously, when you, because uh, previously to this, we do a, um, a, po- a podcast network meeting. And when I saw you on the little triangle, the rectangle, I was like, damn, what is she doing? Is she, does she have foundation on? What the fuck? Is she wearing makeup? No. But yeah, I your skin is wear looking really smooth. Really Yay, smooth. Yay. Thank you. Really so, bright and glowy. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm just lost in your eyes. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so what we are
1: reviewing today is a single issue, which we haven't done in a while, but I'm so glad that we did um because i really loved it um too, I-, I was insane. really actually upset that it was a single issue cuz i'm like oh my god this is so freaking good and um so what we reviewed or what we read and what we're going to talk about today is a published works by fanbase press and you know that we all love fanbase press yep. who has um produced or published uh things that we reviewed in the past like Kinsa and um uh, what's the other one? Mar- is not margins? What's it called? No, uh, it's the margins. The it margins. is the margins. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we are big fans. And this book is called Nuclear Power, and uh, it's actually available right now on Hoopla and Comicsology um, yep. digitally. If you wanted to get a copy for yourself, um, and uh, it is described as a darkly poignant alternate history of the Cuban Missile Crisis that posits the lengths to which an authoritarian government will go to deceive its citizens. And um, this description is super, super uh, interesting. They describe it as the Handmaid's Tale meets the X-Men, and it says that it really stresses the tenets of a democratic society demands equity for its citizens and encourages healthy and informed civic participation. More importantly, throughout the development process, the series proved to be more prescient than anticipated, especially in these extraordinary times when disinformation and xenophobia have become rampant. Mm-hmm. So um, that is a little statement from the um, publishers and just a, a actual um, synopsis of the book itself. Uh, In October of 1962, the Cold War between the U.S. and the Soviet Union is at its peak when the unthinkable happens, nuclear war. 60 years later, the remaining 13 states rose from the ashes to form the American Union, governed by the authoritarian Joint Chiefs of Staff and protected by a border wall to keep out nuclear radiation. Um, That's not how that works, but. uh, (laughs) And the individuals who were enhanced by it Nuclear power is a darkly poignant alternate history of the Cuban Missile Crisis that posits the length to which the governments will go to protect or deceive its citizens. When the Joint Chiefs' dark secrets are revealed, will survivors on both sides of the wall join forces to fight for their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Or will their differences forever divide them? So
2: that is the synopsis. Yes, uh, we got this first issue uh, courtesy a PDF copy from Fanbase Press. Thank you so much for sharing this with us because it's like for media or something. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, not, not only not only it does it uh, make us feel warm and fuzzy, but thank you for sharing such an amazing story. And this is going to be a six issue. Uh, issue series that again is being released on P- uh, Comicsology and Hoopla and eventually hopefully they will be able to actually print a tra- trade paperback and distribute that. Well
1: there is a pre-order link uh, oh, for cool. the trade paperback so you could actually go to Fanbase Press uh, on their website and you can pre-order the trade paperback.
2: I think that's amazing. Can you, can we go into the writers and artists? Yeah, so on the-
1: I was just going to say one of the more awesome things other than the fact that I loved it is the fact that this is a completely woman run show. Um, the writer is Desiree Proctor um, and Erica Harrell. They wrote it together and the artist is Lynn Yoshi. So um, the whole creative team are women, and I love that. And I really think that the, the topic is traditionally and historically seen as men's, like, that's, that's men write about war men talk yes. about that kind of yeah. stuff and so the fact that they're t- and something that is i mean a, a fairly big thing in american history and taking that and reworking it i just love that it's women at the helm of this project absolutely
0: yeah one 100 and i think this is it this book is a great work of speculative uh, fiction and should be counted as that as well because that's this is like the epitome of speculative fiction of what if this thing had happened and the cuban missile crisis is a huge huge thing and especially since recently there has been a lot more nuance into looking into it as well so i really i really did enjoy that because that's also another thing is that a lot of people think that the Cuban Missile Crisis and nuclear fallout and stuff like that is very like oh it's so yesterday kind of thing, but no, it's still very much, it's still very much a thing. And every once in a while, like America gets like a scare or whatever about like oh like it's North Korea is like doing missile launches and, or nuclear testing or whatever and stuff like that, um, um, and it's like but it the whenever that happens, I can't help but think like why is it that we don't really talk about this? Like it's just kind of a A thing that happens and that can all be traced back to the Cuban Missile Crisis um, um, and the effects and how it was dealt with uh, as well. So this was a very, uh, I I don't know why I never thought I would read speculative fiction about the Cuban Missile Crisis, but this is (laughs) definitely something that I did not know that I would find myself reading and that I actually really, really enjoyed. And I think that's great. Fanbase Press, uh, Barbara and her husband, they have such an eye for talent like and good storytelling like they're they're so good at it and like finding like stuff to publish as well like there's a reason that their stuff has been nominated for Eisner's because they put the support uh they're great they're a great indie publishing company is what I'm saying and they really know how like to kind of like pack their punches because everything that we've read about them have, that they've published has been superb. They really mm-hmm. do have a good eye for for talent and um uh, for like worthwhile stories. And I think this one is definitely going to be very worthwhile because it was so interesting and I really, really enjoyed it.
2: Absolutely. Reading it, uh, this first issue, completely reminded me of that anthology we read, uh, uh, Re- Re- Reconstruction? No, Puerto Rico Strong. Uh, Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico strong where I learned that the government was sterilizing women in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. like it's that Mm -hmm. kind of uh manipulation from the government that we're seeing in this just the first issue um the fact that um it's written by women it and uh, one of the main characters is a woman who her name is Claudia and she is basically she has basically been pregnant three times Mm -hmm. uh, before and um it's just not been a good, a, a good journey for them, her and her husband. Um, and then what the government is doing to women in general is just like, um, totally reminded me of Puerto Rico Strong. It just it, it was in Puerto Rico Strong was based on the truth, and this one is, you know, speculative fiction on something that could have happened. But just to say that, um, I actually loved the artwork on this um we have we have the amazing art it's basically reds magentas and yellows mm-hmm. and like a mm-hmm. hue of like um yellow green kind of but it it's really impactful I think it has a lot of really powerful powerful moments within the the paneling and and the actual dialogue between characters um mm-hmm. we see that the 13 territories are basically like Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio, those states. Yeah, it's all the flyover
1: states.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, states that, It's really funny because those states are actually where a lot of nuclear waste goes to because it's a lot of flat ground with not a lot of fissures. Mm-hmm. So like earthquakes don't happen there so that like stuff can like leak over. I mean, there's tornadoes and stuff like that. But basically a lot of nuclear waste is sent to those states because the likelihood of it spilling out is very very low it basically the states where nothing happens <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right But it's right. like it's that kind of thought and level to detail that you that you kind of appreciate as well because i'm just like yeah like because i remember like reading some stuff like when i was in high school about like plans to attack like california or places mm-hmm. like that or whatever. And I was just like, like, I don't know, that area being like the area that survives kind of makes sense. Because, I mean, who fucking goes there? No one. There's nothing important there. <laughs> <laughs> not to be mean. <laughs> but but it's, population density in freaking yeah. Kentucky is not very high, I think. Uh, or wherever <laughs> it was. Like, uh, I think it was. No. What's the places with a north and a south? Carolina. And, uh no, the other one. Oh, Dakota? Yeah, that uh-huh. one. <laughs> same, like, um uh but that was one of the places that like survived or um uh, so it was it was really interesting.
2: And um they were the American Union that was formed, yeah mm-hmm. in those states. And,
0: yeah, it's it's very, very detailed, uh and it's Oh, God, there was something that I wanted to say, but I'm kind of, like, fuzzy in the head right now.
1: Um, uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I I really uh, can appreciate the, um, the description of Handmaid's Tale uh, meets X-Men. Because when I actually started watching Handmaid's Tale, like, you're watching this and you're like, this is so... Far freaking out there. This could never happen. How could this happen? And then as you're watching it, you see exactly how it could happen. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt reading this story. Um, Because, of course, there are men who are in power. And the men are still... Very misogynistic, yep. very sexist things that the characters were saying to. Would you say her name was Claudia? Claudia, yeah. yeah, Claudia Tucci. I wanted to punch them through the the pa- the comic book page, because they were being <laughs> yeah. so sexist and misogynistic, and I was, and she was a fucking like sergeant or general a major. or something, a major, yeah. and they had no respect for her whatsoever, and mm. just briefly, without too many spoilers. One of the things that the government is doing is basically forcing women who become pregnant to take genetic tests to see whether or not their baby is going to be born with this being affected by the nuclear fallout. And there's a lot of deformities, a lot of mutations. Yeah, mutations. And um, they note that if you, if, if they quote unquote fail the test, meaning that the baby does is mutated or deformed, they are forced to abort the pregnancy. Yes, And Mm -hmm. so we see that that is what's happening and that's what's going on. And there's lots of scientists that are, you know, working on this and a lot of um, work behind the scenes. And there is a rogue group that is Basically, kidnapping pregnant women.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, they are penetrating the walls. As, uh, uh, yes, Kristen. that's important to to yeah. note
1: that yes, they're they're outsiders from outside of the of the
2: union coming in. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, from what I can see, there is a couple, Iris and Reed, who ha- have mutated, not necessarily deformed, but mutated, and mm-hmm. I and think that's, that's where the X Men, oh, yeah, factor that's where the X Men. <laughs> exactly yeah so it's um
0: i remember what i wanted to say uh in you comparing it to reconstruction is that so i usually have a problem with like fix or comics or basically anything that takes a like oh like oh, this is the thing that's happening and here's like a super powered person that's going to come in and save everybody. And then, yay, it's it, like, that solves the problem kind of thing, but it deals with real life problems and stuff like that. I didn't get anything like that from this book because it was speculative fiction and it was about something that was very like, it was so out there that it could be like, like oh yeah, like I can, I can use my suspension of disbelief to like get to this place, but still littered with, realities that you're that you can connect together to be like oh that's how it could have gotten that bad and I really Mm. that like they did they cemented so much in that first issue that I'm honestly so excited to read more
2: Mm -hmm. oh absolutely I totally agree now the people inside the American Union call these outsiders or these rogues they're called grubs and also what I also Kristen, going back to how you wanted to punch the comic book in the face, the <laughs> the the way the one line that I felt that way was when they told Claudia, they said, we can't trust naive young women who are ruled by their emotions. And then she goes, you're dismissed. And I was like. You know, she's a scientist too, because what Claudia Tucci is trying to do, because this genetic testing was designed back in the like the 50s or the 60s. And so what she is doing is she's doing research in order to prevent these deformities and mm-hmm. these like mutations from actually happening so that the, uh, e- even though the child is already like, oh, if the woman is already pregnant, they could have treatments or do something in order to have a life birth without any complications. And that's what she wants funding for. But all these males and power are just like, Oh, you're so young and naive. We don't even want to listen to you. You're like, you like, you know, what we're doing is fine. It's enough, you know, whatever. And so she's basically, you could see the hurt in, in the art and how she's drawn. You could see the hurt and desperation and just, she just feels defeated because she is now going through her fourth pregnancy, and she has tested. Um, she failed the test, basically. Yeah, she just found out she tested. So yeah, uh, that scene right there
1: is just a, a overarching parallel to how for many years in this country, around the world, but in this country specifically, how men have been making the rules around women's healthcare and pregnancy and abortion specifically. And it's just so frustrating when you see um, the pictures of these meetings that are specifically about women's healthcare and there's not a fucking single woman at the table
2: absolutely agree absolutely it's just a very powerful first issue I think I can't wait to see the other five issues that are coming out on the story but uh, first of all just the first issue alone was just so powerful and it gets you angry and it gets you engaged and it already lays down the foundation to amazing stories to come so um, I also there is a twist and I think it's Colonel Mason who has an involvement with the grubs. Um oh, I don't yeah. want I don't want to spoil it but I'm so excited to read the second issue. I mean, it just leaves you in a cliffhanger and you're just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening." So I'm just super excited for this. It um, initially when I saw the cover, I didn't think I'd be something that I'd be engaged in, but yeah. reading up on it and uh, co- the comparisons of what the government did in Puerto Rico, um, uh, what that I read in Puerto Rico strong, um, I'm in it. I'm here. I want to, and the superhero aspect of it is just extra icing on the cake. So I'm just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm all here for it. I, I don't know if you guys want to say anything else. I'm just like, it's so exciting for me. <laughs>
1: No, I I actually had a similar reaction Uh, when I read the title. And even when I read the description, I was like, oh, no, this is not really interesting to me. And (laughs) when I actually read it, it grabbed me very early on. And also, I think a lot of it had to do with the art and the coloring and all of that. It was very, very well done for a first issue, and like we always say, the job of a first issue is to want you to keep reading on, and it definitely did that.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. I completely agree.
2: So, are we ready to actually rate the book?
1: I believe so. Oh, yep. Fine. You go first. All right. Well, this is Kristen, and I am giving this now don't forget this is just a single issue this is just number one and even just for a single issue i am giving nuclear power the whole panaderia that is how much i liked this book
0: this is jen and same here it's usually when we get like a first issue and stuff like that i'm hesitant to give three uh three contrasts because it's just like this is just the beginning uh like i want to like give it more space to grow and stuff like that. But honestly, this knocked it out of the park for me. So I'm going to give it three conchas as well.
2: Oh, my God. This is uh Comandacy Comics first because Jen never gives three conchas <laughs> on a first issue. I, I have been here witness to all of that. And for her to give a three concha review for a first issue because she's so engaged is really powerful (laughs) so you guys heard it here first i will also give it tres conchas and uh a little shot glass of vodka because uh you know nuclear power (laughs) uh cuban missile crisis you know that kind of stuff but yes i totally loved it um the when i first saw the cover art i was like i i i'm not really much of a history buff um so I don't I don't know how to feel about this but again the first two pages oh my god I was like why didn't I just click on that link to read it right away because it is so good and now i'm here kind of twiddling my thumbs waiting for issue number two because it's so good (laughs) and remember guys it's on comiXology and hoopla and i know for a fact that on comiXology each issue i think is 99 cents so and i i believe that they'll be
1: available there on the 21st of this month Uh, Oh, right on. Right on. And for those of you that don't know what Hoopla is, uh, Hoopla is actually the app that your local library uses and allows you to actually read for free. So uh, if you have not already gone to your local library to sign up for a library card, they actually have access to comics. And they are accessible through Hoopla. And uh, like I said, it is free through your public library card. So definitely, that is a resource that everybody should be using.
2: Absolutely. Oh, my God. So thank you again to Fanbase Press. Another amazing comic release. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, We were not paid to say this. We just genuinely love this book. That has been our book review. All right, guys, it's now time for on my radar, and I have an on my radar. I'm super excited to share this. I uh, there is a television series on Amazon Prime called Them. It was just released. It's uh, an American hard drama st- uh, that is streaming, um, and uh, created by Little Marvin, and execu- executively produced by Lena waif the series stars deborah ayur ashley thomas allison pill and ryan kawante uh, it premiered on april 9th uh, and it's set in the 1950s um it follows a black family who uh is it's during the second great migration and moves from northern Caroli- north carolina to an all-white neighborhood in Los Angeles. And guess what that all-white neighborhood is, guys. Guess, just guess.
1: I already know because I saw your Facebook post.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's set in Compton. Woo! Compton, California, the CPT. So anyway, uh, their home is actually the epicenter of evil forces. Uh, and the next-door neighbors don't like them either. Um there is a lot of discriminatory housing practices in the series. It's just, it's sort of like American horror story, almost sort of like that. Now there's a lot of um, my black friends on Facebook who have already just canceled it because they don't want to go through the trauma anymore. And I get that, but I saw only the first uh, episode and I'm in it. I'm already in it. Um, also it supposedly quote unquote takes place on 3011 Palmer Drive in Compton but when I researched it on Google Maps if Palmer Drive is not Palmer Drive it's Palmer Street but anyways it's like 11 minutes from my house so I'm pretty excited about the series (laughs) (laughs) but but anyway I really enjoyed it um um I really love you know us um I I love uh all the uh, black car stores we're getting now now After all of that, uh, uh, what is that, Uh, um, that one with the Lovecraft Country uh, Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff happening now that they're marketing out there. And I think it's awesome with uh, a sense, Antebellum, I think was one of them too, um, where they're focusing on a black story in a haunted space, which I love. I love it. So um, stay tuned. I'll report on the rest of the episodes. But for now, episode one has got me already. So that's what's on my radar.
1: Are the episodes dropping weekly or is it? are they already all up?
2: I think there's three up right now, but I okay. think they are dropping weekly. Uh, again, it's Amazon Prime. Oh, uh, okay. So if you have Prime, uh, you're able to watch them for free. So again, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, Kristen, what is on your radar? Okay, so I
1: have a also horror story on my radar um shocker it is written by Colin bunn my favorite horror writer in comics right now and it's a new aftershock comic series called phantom on the scan and the i i read number one it came out last week last wednesday And um, the story basically happens two decades after a comet falls to earth and gives a substantial number of people psychic powers. And in this book, a group of six psychics, psychics have joined together to bring an end to their gift, especially because they realize and find out that every time they use their gift, it takes some of their life. Force from them. It's basically killing them. So they're trying to figure out how to stop it to get to get rid of their powers. So what they haven't realized is there is that there, there is a terrible secret that connects them to each other. And there's also this mysterious institute that is trying to research and to gather them uh, as well. So uh, Colin has actually spoken before about the fact that his father was a, a paid hypnotist when he was younger, and um, it actually has informed his writing a lot. He uh, used that information, uh, I believe, uh, in the book, The Unsound, which creeped me the F out, man. That book was so freaking creepy. It was about this woman. She's a young, naive nurse who gets a job at a um, a mental hospital, and the patient's are aware of something that's happening and going on but of course everyone else the the staff the hospital staff think they're crazy and and the the weird horror stuff that goes on and it's just so just like subtle too it just really it was a really good book and it was so creepy but um I really like that um this like not that not that Uh, the stories are true, but just that the idea that his dad used to do hypnosis and really got him interested into the recesses of a human, the human brain, the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I read the first issue. It was really good. It was um, really interesting. Uh, The main character, actually, his name is Matt. He's an omnipath. He possesses many psychic powers. And his powers actually manifest through a little dead boy. And in oh. the comic, there is always a the the shadow of this little dead boy following him around. And then sometimes it appears more because he's talking to him in the comic. But um this this little boy, this ghost, is decaying and it's connected to Matt also slowly dying every time he loses his um he uses his powers so there's just a lot of different aspects to the story it was just number one that came out um and they tried to lay the groundwork for moving forward but again horror is my jam when it comes to comics and cullen Bunn just does it so well um and i definitely highly recommend phantom on the scan
2: Oh, my God, dude. I've always said this is like when I watch horror, I'm like, leave the children alone. But, um, but there's been and uh, there's been a, a lot of popular uh, horror stories that are really brilliantly told with kids in it. And so, like, I always end up watching them, but I was oh, I watched, cringe.
1: <laughs> I watched Let the Right One In for the first time the other day. Uh, it's, a, it's a like classic, not classic, because I don't know when it actually came out, but yeah. Um, it is uh, a vampire I would say it's story. a classic. Is it? I don't know how yeah. old it is. Yeah, but... I,
2: I, I kind of see it's 19, uh, 2017 maybe. Because uh, uh, Chloe, it, the, the actress, is really young in that.
1: Okay, yeah. That doesn't seem like a long time ago to me, but I
2: mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's a 2008 um, film. Oh, 2008. <laughs> see, I was around there. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Chloe, the actress, is the one that was in Kick-Ass. But she's a little bit oh, older, yeah. I've Kike never seen is oh, Kika is so good, but not like the comic. Anyway, go ahead, right. tell us Got about it. Let, let the right one in.
1: Well, yeah, no, I was just gonna say that your your sentiment, your your statement about horror and kids, uh, Stephen King uses kids a lot in his stories too.
0: Um, yeah, because kids can be creepy little shits. They are, <laughs> man. and like this is this is someone who comes who is actually very okay with kids uh, now and like deals with them a lot. Like, some of the shit out of these kids' mouths, I'm just all like, Ave Maria, bitch, get that demon out.
2: <laughs> Dude, okay, just, mm-hmm. okay, just picture, I mean, this is how kids, even when they're happy, can be creepy. If you hear child laughter in a house that has no kids, yeah, that fucking creepy as fuck. I'm, I'm yeah. out of there. I'm not staying. I don't give a fuck if you're happy. I'm out. <laughs> you know, my god, godson... you see, that wouldn't
0: creep me out because I'm uh, like, it like children's laughter in a place where there's no kids and stuff like that. I'm just like, they're having a good time, so they're not going to kill me.
2: <laughs> or, or maybe they're laughing because they're going to kill me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could be that. But speaking <laughs> of things that creepy things that kids can do, when my godson was younger, like toddler age. He used to sit alone in the corner and play and laugh and talk. And when my friend would ask him who he's talking to, he would say the man. And that used to creep her out so it bad. It out now. Yeah. And, and she would like, she's very religious. So she would like do the sign of the cross and say her her rose um rosary at night and pray and stuff and yeah she, i remember because i lived with her at the time i remember her telling me
2: see what i mean kids, <laughs> kids, kids in hard, dude all right guys it's time for juntos y fuertes Kristen, what do you have for us today
1: well today i have a way that all you listeners out there can support any and all of your indie creators in the comic book industry. How, you ask? Well, let me tell you. There is something called the Ringo Awards. It is um, a comic book industry award and it is a pro and fan comic book awards. And you, as just a fan, get to vote. It's an annual celebration of the creativity, skill, and fun of comics. And there is a nomination ballot that is determined, get this, by fans and pros alike. So what you basically do is you can go on there now in this stage and nominate your favorite uh creators in multiple different areas um and all you have to do is go to ringoawards.com that's r-i-n-g-o-a-w-a-r-d-s.com is there a section for no because this is comics I'm like is there a section for your favorite comic podcast (laughs) um no, but uh, if you have a favorite webcomic, you know, webcomics do not get a lot of love sometimes in these awards. And so you can go on and you can nominate your favorite webcomic, webcomic creator. Um, you can nominate your favorite um, mainstream creator and artist and comic book. So you can go on there and make your voice heard and support your uh, favorite indie creator. And I would be remiss to not mention that my husband is the person who mentioned that we should talk about this on our podcast. And um, he also is an indie creator, webcomic creator. And if you haven't already read it, Collectors at CollectorsComic.com is a really funny webcomic that you should check out. And if you like it, you should nominate Collectors
2: well, I've already voted and I wrote it for collectors because I really love reading it every Wednesday. I think it used to come out every Sunday. Yeah. And uh, I love how Instagram lets you post multiple panels so you yeah. can swipe. So ever since that happened, it's just been so easy to read the comic strip. It's so good. And the quarantine ones are super funny. But my <laughs> favorites, I think my favorite are the Watcher ones oh yeah yeah and as i mentioned before i wanted to get the original art for that watchers panel uh, where I, was, I don't want to spell it but anyway it was so good but when i went to the website it had already been sold oh but it it is one of my all-time favorites because i laugh right there with them it was so funny <laughs> so hilarious all right guys now it's time for en la libreria jen what do you have for us today so today
0: in la libreria I have a quick a Kickstarter project called Classics but make it gay. I love it. <laughs> and its subtitle is what if we take famous works of art and make them gay. Ooh. So Yes. So it's an illustration book. Uh, It's just full of artworks and stuff like that. And it's taking a lot of classic pieces from art history and putting them in a queer lens. So like you have The Birth of Venus, but Venus is trans. You have Leyendecker, who is actually uh, was a gay man and a gay artist, but instead of like uh, the sub... The subtext and homoeroticism, you get lesbians. Uh, <laughs> and it was actually successfully funded in only two hours. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, they're fully funded. Uh, of their 30,000 goal, they are currently at 159,000. Oh, my God. With 2,318 backers and 17 days to go. Wow. And wow. even the cover art for it is just, oh, my God. It's so. Pretty so like there's like there's cross dressing there's like there's all aspects of the LGBTQ spectrum uh and it you get like a, you can see a preview shot of like the artists and the works that they're contributing as well but it looks it looks amazing and that's something that I've always kind of seen sort of I've seen since I'm on Twitter a lot now a lot of the artists that I follow or, or there's kind of been this surge in art especially among queer artists of being inspired by old classical art that they like studied for in art school but making it queer uh Mm. a popular one that i've seen is the kiss Mm. which is a very iconic art piece but a lot of people have taken it and made it queer as well because you the the kiss is basically it's a man uh holding a woman and Giving her a kiss and she looks all shy and stuff like that. And it's actually a very beautiful piece of artwork, uh, very good and very iconic of the impressionist period. Uh, but by making it queer, it's just like it. I don't know. It's it may it makes the artwork even more special to me, especially knowing that it was what it was inspired by as well. And kind of like taking these old classic stuff and being like, oh, like this could like gay people didn't exist back then, and kind of being like, no, yeah, they did, and. Yeah kind of like taking especially in the
1: artist community i think
0: yes definitely in the artist community so it's just it's very uh it's very beautiful and there's like there is a lot of strict goals that they have hit because of the sheer success that they've had in uh in funding the book and the base pledge starts at 15 dollars, where you can get the digital art book in a pdf format and then there's a $30 pledge, which is only the merch. You don't get the book, but you get the metal bookmark, a sticker, a holographic print, and a postcard pack as well. And then at $40, you get the digital and physical book, Uh, not any of the merch. At $70, you get the books and the merch. And from there, it uh, it keeps going up. You Unfortunately, the early bird has already passed. And the ones for the hundred and fifty dollar one, which contained uh, which we call it the hardcover version of the book as well, has have all been bought out. But it's it's still available. And like, if you don't want any of the merch, but you want just the PDF book, it's only fifteen dollars. And a lot of the artwork is very very beautiful. And it of course supports LGBTQ artists coming together to make something that's very beautiful.
2: Sounds that's cool, really cool. <clears throat> I can't wait to see it. I'm gonna look into it. Um, but yeah, that's really awesome. Thanks, thanks a lot, Jen. All right, guys, it's now time for saludos. Kristen, a quien estamos saludando? Today, estamos saludando
1: Dr. Teresa Rojas. She, as you all should know is the founder of the Latinx Comic Arts Festival uh, in the amazing town of Modesto, California that we traveled to now two years ago, Womp Womp, in 2019 for the inaugural convention. It was so fun. Last year, of course, it was canceled, and this year it was completely online uh, and still fun. But she, Dr. Rojas, um, actually has created a chapbook called Don't Ask Me, Art and Poetry by Teresa N. Rojas. And this is the expanded edition. We actually um, did a little recap of some uh, books that we picked up at the Latin, uh, Latinx Comic Arts Festival uh, in 2019, and um, we did the little Cochinito book by Javier. <laughs> yes. And then we did this one, and I can't remember what else we did, but this is the extended version. And so um, Dr. Rojas sent it to us as a thank you for um, doing the closeout Comasi Comics and Beer panel for the Latinx Comics and Arts Festival this year. And it has so many poems inside. It has some of her own art. It is just so good. And I don't remember what episode it was that we talked about it, but I definitely recommend that you go back and you listen to um, that particular episode. Maybe we can figure out what it is and post it. But um, its it was such a touching and poignant Episode for us, we all it really actually um, it made us really take a look at our own relationships with our moms um, because one of the uh, this actual whole entire chat book uh, is dedicated to Dr. Rojas's mom. The the initial page here uh, has a dedication that says, "For my mom, the head chingona," and there was an actual poem in here that really touched us all that was called poem from my mother and so i and and the first line is my mother was a mean ass bitch um and a lot in that poem i think we all identified with and it touched us very deeply and i definitely recommend it Uh, i'm going to actually check to see what that episode is so that you all can go back and listen to it but our saludos today is to Dr. Rojas for sending this extended version, expanded version to us and um, allowing us to share in her creativity uh, and talent all over again. And if you would like a copy of it, you can go to her website, which is www.teresarojas.com. Her Facebook and Instagram is at D O C T E E R O H. And she also has a Facebook specifically for her art, which is at Arte Rojas, A R T E R O J A S. So, saludos to Dr. Rojas. Thank you so much for sending this to us, and thank you so much for being so talented.
2: Absolutely. And we actually got uh, some stickers and a uh, Latinx Comics Expo pin uh, with that package. Thank you so much. That was very, very sweet of you to to send us that. Saludos goes out to you. Uh, Saludos also goes out to Do Good Public Relations Group. Uh, they they, as you know uh two episodes ago they formed the authentic voices program uh you and uh, i i'm throwing out some saludos out to them because you can apply for the program which is free to the participants and at the end of the program they are re- rewarded with the stipend and their work is published and their work gets uh, all the, uh, the program participants um, are taught by and mentored by BIPOC authors as well. And at the end of the program, the works are published in an anthology book. So Saludos goes out to them. And again, if you want to know more about that, maybe you want to submit your stories and your work and you want to apply for the program, which again is free, you can either uh, Google Authentic Voices Initiative Or you could go to their website, www.wnba slash, not slash, hyphen la.org. Again, you can just Google Authentic Voices Initiative and it'll pop right up. It's the very first search on Google. And again, for those of you who are interested in publishing and are part of the BIPOC community, Uh, You can enter into this program for free and, again, have your work published at the end of the program in an anthology book. And you will be taught and mentored by BIPOC authors. And I think that's amazing. So Saludos goes out to Do Do Good Public Relations Group and the Authentic Voices program.
1: Cool. And just to backtrack, the episode that we talked about, her chat book, um, originally was episode 59. Came out in October 2019, and it was the title of the episode is called You Gotta Be Sad, But You Gotta Look Good.
2: (laughs) That sounds sounds about right.
1: That sounds like a gen.
2: uh... Yes, (laughs) that does sound
0: very much like something I'd say.
2: (laughs) All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Girls, where can they find us now? Where can they find us? Dun, dun, dun. Now, you actually can go to the
1: one, the only, the amazing AF Comadresi Comics website. That's right. We have a website all our own. You can go to www.comadresycomics.com and you can actually listen to our episodes directly from the website. You can watch our Las Pláticas uh, episodes on YouTube directly from the website. And you can learn more about each of us um, as hosts. And it is so amazing. Thank you so much to Kimberly Farrell, who is uh, the creator of the website. And if you go all the way to the bottom, you have a little link of her website design business. Thank you also to Melissa Sanchez, who did the artwork that is on the homepage of the website. So amazing. It was originally done for the um, Mashbone Mashbone and Grifty uh, ad that we did and then we used it for uh, the website. But there's just a whole bunch of amazing women that went into putting this website together, including all of us here, my amazing uh, co-hosts. And it's been a long time in the works and I'm so happy and excited to be able to share it. You can also reach us on instagram at comadesy comics and on facebook at comic comades
2: i don't think we can, we need to even say it if you go on our website That's you true. scroll all the way down and there's a little link that'll link us to our instagram our facebook yeah. our twitter all
0: of our social medias can be found at our website comadescomics.com
2: exactly but if you want to email us directly it's commodity comics at gmail.com um also we have a patreon that we'll be putting on the website as well where can they find the patreon Kristen? so you can find us um as Um, Part
1: of a co-op Patreon group, which is, um, we are also part of a podcast network called Period Podcast Network. And the Patreon is patreon.com slash period podcast network.
2: Yes. So excited about that. There's a lot of amazing content. If you feel like, oh my God, they didn't review that Snyder Cut. Guess what? It's on the bonus content for our Patreon. So be sure to subscribe for that. Also, please remember we're almost at the end of our raffle for the two signed copies of Lightning Strikes by Marcus Newsom and a s- exclusive can release from Monkish for their ninth anniversary can release. It's nowhere to be found uh, at any store. Um, Monkish is closed, so you can't get it on tap. This is the only way you can get your hands on it. All you have to do is like subscribe and comment on our youtube channel or rate and review our podcast on itunes and also Castbox, um and on our website oh in our website as well guys oh my god <laughs> extra perk thank you guys so much for listening we have been your house i'm sarah i'm kristen and i'm jen bye guys bye. Bye.